on the Aggie Sports Network. From Learfield, from Old Chicago, welcome to the Coach Odom Show. Brought to you by Old Chicago, home of the Aggies Coaches Show. SC Needham Jewelers, where Utah gets engaged. America First Credit Union, financial solutions for every need. Larry H. Miller Dealerships, driven by you and by Stokes. Stokes Trucking, doing the right thing since 1979. Now, the Coach Odom Show. Here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerrard. And welcome on in. It's another edition of the Ryan Odom Coaches Shows. We're live here at Old Chicago. Love for you to come by, hang out with us. Uh, we'll have an opportunity for you to ask some questions a little bit later on, but we got a lot of basketball to talk about here on Old here at Old Chicago and also on the uh, Utah State Athletic Facebook page as well. Remember, if you got any questions or comments, feel free to jump in and let us know, and we'll ask Coach as well because sometimes you get tired of me yammering and you don't want to hear from me. So uh, <laughs> let's get your questions in as well. But, Coach, first off, uh, congratulations. Uh, a couple difficult losses. You rebounded nicely against New Orleans. Sure, it was a uh, shorthanded team. Uh, but uh, but you guys came out and looked focused right out of the gate. Yeah, we talked a lot about, you know, just what was the response going to be after two hard uh, losses there, St. Mary's and BYU. And the guys, you know, got off, got out of the gate really quickly. And you could see that the urgency was there, the sense of urgency, the uh, commitment to looking for one another and passing, playing forward. You know, the pace of the game was, was good, you know, as well. And then defensively, you know, really focused on uh, what our game plan was and keeping them out of the paint. They obviously were a, a team that really attacks your, your paint uh, by the dribble and the pass to their bigs and high lows. And, and I thought our guys did a really nice job. You uh, you ran into a couple of really good players. I thought uh, St. Hilaire was certainly a tremendous player. And, and and you could tell you had frustrated him a little bit. I thought number 11 was really good. There were some re- there were some good players on that team. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I know the score obviously ended up where it was. and uh, But in, in watching them, you know, prior to our game, uh, and they were certainly missing a couple. They were missing one starter in the game and then several other guys that, that came in off the bench to help them. But, you know, mostly they had their team intact there. And, and what we had seen, you know, previously in previous games, you know, they, they played – a Northwestern team to a tight game. They beat a, v- a solid VMI team. I really feel like in their league they're going to be they're going to be good. I think they were picked one of the top two um, or three in their conference. So it'll be interesting to see how how things settle for them as the year goes on. You talk about responding, and uh, obviously with a couple of uh, disappointing losses, the ability to respond in which you did, and and the mental makeup of this team. And I know you're still learning who these guys are a little bit, but. That's a good indication of who this team is, is it not? Yeah, no question. I mean, just the maturity level is there. Um, and, and certainly our guys care about one another. They care about the results and, and the process. And, you know, for us, fundamentals on defense, you know, we talked a lot about that, positioning, where to be. Uh, we kind of gotten away from us a little bit defensively, the communication. Um, all those were, were – were, were things that, you know, we, we harped on going into that particular game. And the response was there. Our guys, you know, uh, really did a nice job. So uh, credit to our guys. Big week coming up. Uh, Weber State, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the Wildcats, and then you hit the road to South Dakota on another neutral site game, which those neutral site games have treated you pretty well so far to start the season. But up against a Big Ten team in Iowa, I mean, this is uh, – and you could sense around the team – they love playing these type of schedule, do they not? Yeah, they definitely do. I mean, these are these are huge games. Obviously, right down the road, Weber, you know, Coach Ray, he's had a, a great start to the season. His team 
one of the better teams he's probably had here, I would assume, you know, at least to start out. I think they're eight or nine and one at this point and, and uh, really playing fast, you know, right now. Yeah. Um, they're, they're a tough team. We're one of the top ten, I think, teams in transition offense so far this season, and, and uh, they get fouled a ton going to the rim. Uh, so we have two teams in a row because Iowa plays at lightning pace as well. So our, our transition defense is going to be tested over the next two games, no doubt. Which isn't something you expect out of an Iowa team. You think yeah. a little bit more slow, lumbering team, but yeah. they'll get up and up and down the court on you, huh? They 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 get it up and down, and they can really have one of the best players in the country, yeah. Keegan Murray, and they have shooting around him, and and uh, that's going to be a really hard game for us, obviously. But it'll be a fun t test for us on a neutral neutral site, and a fun place to visit there. So it'll be a, even though it'll be a quick stay. So yeah. Well, uh, this team last year spent about five days there, so yeah. uh, I, I think they got their taste of it last year. I think they're That's right. they're good with a quick in and out uh, back there. But ultimately, though, this is – and we touched on this a little bit last week too, but but you like these schedules, and the, this this prepares you for what will be a really good Mountain West Conference season It really too. does. You want to figure out where your warts are and, and areas that you need to improve upon, and, and certainly if you play a weak schedule, you're not going to find that. You're going to yeah. win, win games most likely and, and – uh, and it's great to, to learn about yourselves through winning, but it's also there's there's uh, you know an opportunity to grow even when you lose, obviously. And, and um, we want to play the best teams that we can play. I had a question coming in last week we didn't get a chance to get to, but what's the scheduling price process look like? Does uh, Coach Dixon does he handle the majority of that, he does. and then and then comes to you and says, hey, I've got this. I mean, what's yeah. how does that work out? That's exactly how it, how it works out. You know, he's he's been in the business a long time, as long as I have, and and knows a lot of people, and and has done this job, this particular role at other places, and um, and we all kind of talk about it. So it's not like it's just my decision. We all communicate our entire staff about who we want to play, and some are just built in. You yeah, know? we know we want to play BYU and Weber, and obviously we'll get Utah on the schedule at some point. Um, you know, so there's some local rivalries that that just make sense you know that we need to play every year and then there's some on the outside that you know it's just it's it's travel it's money it's you know uh rankings and all that you can't really determine yeah. um you know where teams are going to finish but you kind of have a general feel and you have to investigate that and see who they've signed and uh you know all those sorts of things so um, it all factors in but nate does a really good job of of communicating with folks and then he'll bring options to me and then we begin to work on dates and stuff and there's times where i have to get more intimately involved in it with the other head coach but um nate does a fabulous job with that well in in football you get like 10 15 years in advance <laughs> yeah i mean it's crazy with that you have no idea who you're playing Foot basketball <laughs> outside of maybe you know some some you know regional rivalries it's a little bit more year to year, is it not? It is, yeah, it totally is. And you don't want to play the same teams every year in the guarantee games. But yeah. And it'll be interesting to see with our conference. You know, do they up it to twenty uh, and play twenty games in the conference? If that's the case, obviously you're going to have to start playing in December at some point. You know, earlier in December, uh, maybe a couple of games. But and who knows with expansion? Like, yeah, a lot of stuff could happen that that can impact the schedule, but. I really do believe that playing the MTEs is an important thing for us. Getting neutral site games against really tough opponents, um, you know, is huge because it's hard to get folks like of that caliber to come to the spectrum. Yeah. You know, they just they don't really want to do that. They're going to save those games for neutral sites, and, and it makes sense. Do you have an opinion on 18 or 20? 
or you're good either way? Uh, it gets hard to schedule the last few games, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and so I wouldn't mind 20. Um, and I think a lot of the coaches would probably be on that, that side. But some might not. They may say, well, it's two more hard games we have. Um, but, you know, I, you know, when you end up, you're at the end and you're trying to find games in August like we were, I mean, that's not a fun thing. And um, when it's built in like that and you have two less, you know, to work with, I think it's pretty good. And it helps your overall, like from, your, from a conference standpoint, that will help you um, from an NCAA tournament standpoint, yeah. seeding standpoint, or just even barely getting in. You know, that's a, that's a factor. Well, and, and I think, and, and I haven't looked at net rankings very much. I, you know, I look at Ken Palm quite a bit, but uh, I got to imagine with some of the signature wins that you've had, that Colorado State's had, and then you, you take those and then you get into conference play and you guys just kind of feed off each other's numbers exactly. a little bit. This could be a very good year in terms of that for the Mountain West. It really could. It really could. I mean, I, you know, San Diego State's right up there yep. as well. Yep. Fresno's up there. Uh, Nevada's up there. Wyoming's having a great year. Um, there's a lot of good teams, you know, in our league this year. So it's going to be a fun, a fun uh, conference season, and it's going to be a challenging one as well. But the WCC obviously is very good, you know, as well. So I mean, I think it's, you know, right there. We're we're fighting it out. So let's talk a little bit about some individual performances and what we saw uh, this last week. Uh, I think, and he's going to join us come a little bit later on. But Ryland Jones um, with another double-digit in assist night tonight runs the offense so well, and his ability to calm the offense, uh, the search dribble in the paint, his passing in the paint, leading to assists, he's just been a remarkable addition for this team. Yeah, he really has. I mean, he's a winner. Uh, obviously, he grew up in this this business and playing and, and around his father, and, and uh, he lived in a gym similar to me. And, and uh, you know, you, he's, he's – You two – you guys can't connect there in a little bit Yeah, there. there's no question. We've sat in the locker room and – and we've watched a zillion practices and, and been around it, and now it's his turn to play. And uh, he's performing really well. He's a, he's a, a key player for our team and uh, just as unselfish as they come. And then I thought that you got some really good performances. I think RJ, certainly, from a shooting standpoint, uh, really broke out in that game against New Orleans, and, and hopefully that can continue going forward too. Yeah, RJ can shoot. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not the guy that's, like, trying to get the shot all the time, yeah. the three, um, but he can shoot open shots. And, and I don't think that we've seen some teams that have, have gapped him and played back. I'm not quite sure that's the way to play him. Yeah, you know, he can shoot. Well, and also you have to respect his ability to get to the rim, too, he with can the big drive. Yeah. yeah, he can drive. He really can. And he's getting more comfortable. And, and um, you know, I think his best basketball is ahead of him for sure. No doubt about it, too. And the, and the other thing, too, is when you – when you watch the leadership and the composure of this team, I mean, everybody's going to look at Bean and, and Brock, and, and for good reason, too. They're, they're, they're the stalwarts on this team, but everybody seems like they're cool, calm, and collected. And uh, and I know a lot of that is based on the guys that you brought in and the system you've developed, but also, too, I mean, there's just guys – these are just good guys that know how to handle themselves in these kind of situations. They really do. I mean, again, you go back to that maturity level. Yeah. These guys have been through, you know, tough games – big wins, you know, some heartbreaking losses, you know, even Rylan at Utah, right, two years there playing against really high-level competition. My guys at UMBC played in championship games, you know. So it's, uh, you know, certainly an advantage. But, you know, at the same time, a lot of these teams, like we've talked about on numerous occasions, have veterans, you know, on their team. And so it yeah. really comes down to that day. It comes down when that ball's tipped up, you know, how are you playing? Are you going to play better than the other team? Are you going to be more connected 
you know, than the other team. And those are all things that we are constantly trying to develop and work on, work on in practice. We're going to take our first break coming up. I've got a couple questions, and if you've got questions for Coach, raise your hand. We'd love to hear from you, and uh, we'll let your voice be heard. Also, remember tune uh, tune in on us on the uh, Facebook page, on the Utah State Athletic page. You're listening to Aggie Basketball. It's the Ryan Odom Coaches Show getting you ready for a couple big games coming up this week. You've got uh, Iowa and Weber State coming up. We'll talk more about those opponents next. You're listening to Aggie Basketball from Learfield. Welcome on back. You're listening to Aggie Basketball. It's the Ryan Odom Coaches Show. As Utah State gets a uh, chance to take on Weber State. Uh, Weber State, of course, led by Randy Ray, longtime assistant with Stu Morrill, was with Stu at Colorado State and then came here and spent a good chunk of time uh, at Utah State and then uh, joined Ray Giacoletti's staff at, uh, at University of Utah uh, before getting the job. And it feels like yesterday, but that was back in 2006. He's in his 16th year. Uh, as a head coach at Weber State, all-time winning as coach at Weber State and in the Big Sky Conference, too. I mean, it's – That's uh, impressive. It really is. And uh, when I was a student here, he's he uh, he brought in uh, – he was part of that Colorado State team that came into Logan, and uh, he's next – you know, standing next to Stu. So you got a big hulking figure in <laughs> Stu and Randy, who's a little bit more sly to build. And uh, it was an interesting sight, but he's uh, really carved out a nice career for himself and – and certainly has, and as you mentioned, I think one of his better teams too. Yeah, no question. He's obviously, I've, I've heard so many positive things from Aggies here, from his time here yeah. with Stu and, and that staff and all the players. I know he's so well respected, not only in Utah, but nationally. I mean, he's he's a great coach and, and uh, this t- this is a fun team to watch. You know, they they play the game the right way. They're sharing it and they're playing fast. And, well, and, and originally he kind of had the Stu Morrill system where it was a little bit more slow and deliberate. Yep. And uh, I know Ken Pomeroy got his hands around the team a little bit ago, the, uh, yeah. the stat guy, and, and he's really bought into take a lot of threes, get to the free throw line, and go up tempo, and they certainly have developed that. Yeah, they're getting to the line a ton. I mean, that's going to be a big key to the game, us playing without fouling, making sure that we keep our bodies in front of them and, and, and getting back. There's two straight games, you know, this one in the Iowa game, like I mentioned before, you know, these teams are going to be bringing it at us. And uh, we've got to make sure that we get our defense set. And part of that, you know, similar to that BYU game, while we got in a little bit of trouble there was just our offense. You know, it was a little bit stagnant. We had some some key turnovers, uh, you know, unfortunate plays that led to offense for the other team. And we cannot have that, you know, especially in a hostile environment. I thought you bring up brought up a really good point, too, how closely related. I mean, you think – okay, your defense shouldn't affect your offense, but it does to a certain extent. If, if you're struggling on defense, uh, that'll, that'll go over to the offensive side and sometimes vice versa too. Definitely vice versa. I mean, if you're taking bad shots, if you're turning the ball over in pick six fashion, it's really going to impact your numbers defensively. And they're gonna, the other team's going to go on runs and you're going to end up with fouls. And so we want to make sure that we stay out of foul trouble and, 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 and really make, make it hard on them. And we've got to do a good job of – that takes effort. I mean, it's yeah. multiple efforts getting back on defense and, and making plays. And so we'll work on that the next two days. We did some today. We'll do it again tomorrow and, and, and get ready. Do you alter a little bit on knowing how quick they are? Um, do you alter a little bit on, on how you defend or how many guys you send to the – you know, for offensive rebounds and things like that? 
Yeah, you can do that, no doubt. I mean, we're we usually only send two to the glass anyway, okay. and so we don't want it to be a situation where we're nervous about getting back and not attacking the offensive glass because that's something that we're pretty good at at times. And so we actually challenged our guys in, in the New Orleans game. We we weren't doing it early. We were just they were getting, we were taking one shot, and if we made it, great. If we weren't, you know, that that was it. And um, you know, we challenged our guys in the middle of that, that first half to begin to go after it, and we started getting some, which was huge. Uh, and then the other thing uh, is Kobe McEwen, and uh, yeah, uh, he was the uh, 2017, I want to say, Mountain West Conference freshman of the year, played two years at Utah State, and then uh, went to Marquette, sat out a year, played a couple of years there, and now is back at Weber State. Uh, and, and certainly – he jumps out on film. I mean, this, yeah. this is a tremendous player. He really is, yeah. I mean, he's excellent uh, shooting behind the line and can make really hard shots behind the line. So we have to get out outside of three and guard him. But the, the risk there is when you do that, he's really good at getting around you. And so we're going to need help. You know, it's not going to be one guy stopping him. Obviously, he'll be excited to play against the Aggies, and we're certainly going to be excited to play against him too. So it's, it's going to be a fun matchup. But he's a good player. He really is. And and certainly, these I mean, it, these in-state games. I mean, they they have a little something to them too. I mean, yeah. you know, you they're 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 feeling good, and they they know that uh, Randy Ray is only four and twelve against Utah State, and I'm sure he's like, no, no, this is my team, and we're yeah. gonna get a W here. Yeah, no doubt. They're they're at home. They'll have their fans behind them, and and they're off to a great start. They've won some close games. Yeah. Um, and and they've also you know run away with it. You know, in 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 a solid fashion as well so they've had they've been tested and uh you know they won at duquesne which is a really tough place to play they have a great coach there and uh i think that was a three or four point game the umass game was tight until the end they pulled away there and and um and and they were in the washington state game more than the final score indicates um you know that was a, a bit of a tighter game so it's gonna. We know it's gonna be a battle. It's gonna be a tough, tough matchup. But we're we're excited about it. A um, couple questions rolling in. Um, first off, and and you've addressed this, but in case people have not seen it before, do you guys have team captains? Well, we you do. have two of them. We do. We do. The two two seniors, uh, Justin Bean and Brock Miller. Yeah, that's a huge thing. I and mean, having having captains. I mean, I when I played in college, I played for a guy named Tony Shaver, who uh, was a player for Dean Smith at North Carolina. And, yeah. you know, you think about historic teams, UCLA, John Wooden, you think about Dean Smith, you know, at Carolina and, and how, you know, he, he would always make his – and it wasn't make his his better players wait, but, like, Michael Jer- Jordan did, had to earn it. Yeah. And Sam Perkins had to earn it, you know. Uh, Phil Ford had to earn it, and it Tim wasn't Dun- like you, Tim Duncan had to earn it. Tim Duncan had to earn it. Yeah, I mean he was he was headed for a red shirt, and then ended up had, had a couple of injuries, and he ended up playing, having oh, to I play his I freshman year. Yeah, yeah, he was he was kind of the third recruit um, that particular season. But that's how it was when I played, and you know I want to make sure that you know it means something when you when you're named captain, and uh, certainly Brock and and Bean, you know, have. You know, been a part of back-to-back championships. They've they've won huge games here in the spectrum and beyond. And you know, they've 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 uh, they've had good leaders before them. You know, Sam Merrill. Yeah. You know, guys like that. You know, that that you know have led the right way and and we're all about the team, but not afraid to make the big shot. And uh, I think we've got two of those guys right now that 
are just really mature and they, they do a great job of, of, of kind of leading the charge within the locker room and on the court. Uh, Brand sends in a question on the Facebook page. Um, let's talk about recruiting because um, I think everybody's got football as signing yeah. days coming up on Wednesday. Um, for you and what you're looking for right now, um, what are um, what, what I guess what is the recruiting landscape right now in college basketball? Because everybody's stuck in football mode right now. But yeah, what I are mean, your dates, key dates looking like? Yeah, I mean they've already one's already passed. Yeah. There'll be a spring, you know, recruiting period. Obviously, we've signed signed one and in, in Mason Falsev, obviously local guy here, who's who's a really good player and had played both. I love that he played both. You know, he's really good in basketball yeah. and football. That level of toughness, you know, is, is a huge thing. Obviously, he played with Ryland and and. Uh, they kind of kind of grew up playing ball together, and, and some of the other guys. So he's familiar and friendly with a ton of the, the team already. Um, so we're excited about that. And um, but you know, for the spring, you know, what what's the landscape right now? I mean, certainly the transfer portal is is big. It's helped us here already. You know, at Utah State with Ryland and RJ and Brandon, you know, coming in, uh, you know, from other schools, and I'm sure that'll be you know the way that it continues right now. But um, you know, for us, we want to want to evaluate. You know, high school guys, prep school guys. You know, we've got a really good young young talent. You know, with Z, who came from a prep school, and those kind of guys can get overlooked with this transfer portal. Yeah, you can really find some great players. You know, that that get overlooked in those situations. Or uh, you know, I've always, and this is just me speculating here. It always feels like the JC guys are the ones that might get really yeah. hurt by the portal. Yeah, no question. And uh, there's certainly, you know, a ton of good basketball at the junior college level. Yeah. And so you think about high school. I think high schools can be a problem. Prep school, they're a little bit older, so the coaches kind of comb that and, and really, really dial in there. Juco, certainly you go to these jamboree events and you can see a ton of players at one time, you know, from all the different schools. It's like an AAU tournament, yeah. you know, for junior college. And so we've certainly had some really – really awesome junior college players, you know, that have come to Utah State. And so that's certainly a factor as well that we've, we've got to make sure that we look into. All right, question from the audience. Go ahead. Hey, Coach. Oh, we got to turn you up here a little bit. Go ahead. Hey, Coach. Uh, so a bit of a, a personal question just yep. so uh, as fans get to know you a little bit better. Uh, given crazy schedule that is basketball and the holidays, what is uh, your plan or your family's understanding of, you know, how the family and holidays work? Yeah, yeah, no, a great question. You know, uh, obviously, the holidays are, are a time for all of us to celebrate and unwind. And unfortunately, in our sport, there's not much unwinding, but um, we do definitely celebrate it. And so, you know, the biggest thing is being together, spending time together. And uh, certainly, uh, our two boys, you know, Connor and Owen, uh, will be with us. And, and uh, hopefully, you know, this will be our first year, obviously, out west. So we're a little – it's not as easy for our families to kind of connect, you know, as much. But I'm not quite sure if my family will come out or Lucy's mom. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, it's a time to be together. And, and I like to, in, in, in terms of our players, you know, I'm a big proponent of them getting time off. And so we'll bring our guys back on the 26th and we'll have a practice that day. We're not going to practice on Christmas Day. Um, I just I'm, I'm not a big fan of that, um, even though we have a game right after that. Um, and, uh, you know, I think them getting away for a few days is a positive thing, and I yeah. want them to experience that. Just to decompress, because 
after that, it, it comes fast and furious. Yeah, no question. I mean, you get, like, as a player, you get moody, right? You're yeah. Like, everybody else is gone. The students are gone. You know, your family's out. And if your coach doesn't let you go, like, that's, that's, that's kind of stinky. So yeah. I want to make sure that they, <laughs> they get time with their family. Uh, Winslet, do you, do you remember a Thanksgiving where you weren't uh... – You know, I've had some crazy Thanksgivings. I've been to Alaska twice. Yeah, I bet. You know, for yeah. the Great Alaskan Shootout. You know, we've been all over. Um, you know, Florida, been down in Jamaica. We were down in Jamaica with you guys uh, that one year. Um, I don't think it was actually over Thanksgiving, but it was close to yeah. it. You know, so there, you're always playing around the holidays, and it's just – it's what you sign up for if you want to be a, in, yeah. in this sport. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we continue on again. Uh, another question rolling in from Brand uh, wants to know about zone. He sees it a little bit. Is yeah. it just kind of a, a situational where it, you know, just like based on feel or or when do you throw that zone out there? We mix it in at times. We don't play it a ton. Yeah. I like man to man. We could change our man. You know where the defense is different, and so it's not a, not the same thing. Um, and so it is changing a defense, but it's still man to man. Um, and that's how you play pick and roll. That's how you play, you know, certain guys. Are you double in the post? Are you not? You know, there's a lot of different ways that you can that you can change the the game. You could change the game in offense too. So if yeah. like momentum change, throwing the ball into the post, you know, certainly can throw slow things down at times and and uh, you know limit the pace. You know, and make the other team guard a little bit more. We have longer plays and actions that you know we'll we'll, we'll kind of stretch it out, but. I do like zone. I've had some some teams that were excellent at zone, and, and that's something that, that we certainly work on. Uh, we try to get at least 10 minutes a day in on it. Oh, okay. And, um, and you know, our guys, I think, do have, um, you know, certainly they're smart guys. And so smart guys really do, in length really do well with zones. And so that's something that we, we're constantly trying to develop. And then conversely, too, you've had it thrown at you a little bit, not a lot, but but from time to time, and it seems like your team's handled it well. Yeah, you have to work on it. Yeah, You you really do. You have to work on it. The guys have to understand what type of zone they're facing, what type of pressure they're facing, and and I've been really pleased with what the guys have done so far, you know, this season. We'll face some against um, Weber State. They play 1-3-1, and they also press a little bit, 1-2-2. Um, and so I, I would anticipate us seeing some of that to kind of slow us down as well. So that'll be a good opportunity for us to, to prep, you know, for the conference. Well, especially Justin being able to hit that mid-range elbow jumper yeah. certainly really helps in that regard. It really does. And Brandon, that's where he played, you know, yeah. at UMBC. So they're they're both very interchangeable in those two spots. And I really like how Shimon and Trevin have navigated uh, the, the baseline against the zone as well. Uh, they've gotten some good baskets down there and, you know, obviously, you, you've got to be able to, to not be one-dimensional and just shoot threes against the zone. You want to make sure that you're getting some inside baskets. So, From your point distribution, and I know every game is always a little different, do you like how you're developing and the, the amount of shots you're getting from two, from three, and, and how that's being distributed so far? I do so far, yeah. I mean, there's always room for improvement, obviously. we want to. I think one of the key issues for us right now is we've got to make sure that our turnovers are down. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we turned it over, obviously, quite a bit at the end of the game the other day. Um, you know, the last eight or nine minutes of the game, we had, you know, more than we would have hoped for. But, um, you know, I do think that's a that can be a strength of our team. And it's, you know, we, we're just a little bit – and sometimes it can be tentative play or just not being ball tough, not really, you know, grabbing the ball. Yeah. Like, you know, when the ball's passed to you. And um, – 
and other teams have knocked some loose. BYU did that a couple of times, and that's just not being, uh, you know, that's not being urgent with it, you know, and you're thinking about the shot before you're thinking, or you're thinking about the pass before you're thinking about just simply catching the ball. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing, and, uh, you know, that, that, you know, we've got to make sure that we're continuing to coach. And so we try to warm up every day with passing drills and catching drills just so it just hammers that point home. Do you chart deflections? We do, Because yeah. it seems like you guys are doing yeah, really well Nate, in that regard. Yeah, Nate actually does that. And we've had, you know, some teams are better at it than others that we've had over the years. And, um, you know, that's an area where it, that can kind of illustrate the activity of your defense. Yeah. We don't necessarily want them going for steals all the time, but when you're deflecting the ball, it does mean, all right, we've got some ball pressure out there. They're, they're, the offense is having trouble. We call it swarming. Yeah. We do want to swarm at times and, and make it difficult for the offense. All right, take another break. Come back, and uh, we will chat with Ryland Jones when we come back. Uh, Aggie point guard, get his thoughts on this team. Looking ahead to this week as well. It's the Ryan Odom Coaches Show live here at Old Chicago. You're listening to Aggie Basketball from Learfield. All right, welcome on back. You're listening to the Ryan Odom Coaches Show as we uh, come to you live here from old Chicago. Remember, all kinds of great prizes, great opportunities to come by and hang out and uh, ask questions to Coach, as well as uh, hear from some of the players as well. In fact, joining us now, Ryland Jones, kind enough to uh, hang out with us. How are you, man? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. All right, so we got a lot to talk about. Uh, first off, let's talk about the rebound game. Uh, I know some disappointing losses, St. Mary's and BYU. Uh, you rebound, your team plays really well against New Orleans. Talk about the range of emotions you guys have gone through over the last week and a half or so. Uh, yeah, obviously those were two tough losses that we wish we could have played better and performed better as the team. Um, but like Coach said before the game, we wanted to come out and respond. And how you respond is uh, a good sign of how well connected the team is. And I thought we got off to a great start and responded well and uh, led to a big victory and yeah. uh, feel good headed into Weber State. All right, so from a personal standpoint, um, how good does it feel to be back here in Logan? It's amazing. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I love Logan. I love Utah State. It's been amazing. So let's go through the uh, – those decisions aren't easy, um, but the decision-making process uh, when you uh, when you hit the portal, um, did it feel like a no-brainer all along, or what were the options like for you out there? Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a no-brainer. Um, I thought about it for a long time, and when uh, – I wanted to make the decision. I knew where I wanted to go and had a great couple of talks with Coach Dixon and Coach Odom and it felt like a great fit, and it was, it was an easy choice. To play with guys like, and I'm sure, you know, you've been around, you know, Utah while you were there did not play Utah State, so it's not like you, you saw these guys out on the court, but I'm sure you were aware of the roster and, and who was on this team and remembered some of these guys from high school and, and, uh, and so forth. Uh, did you feel comfortable? Obviously, you felt comfortable coming in and playing with this roster, correct? Yeah, you know, growing up, uh, my dad was here, obviously, and he was recruiting uh, all these guys, Brock yeah. Miller and Sam Merrill, and I'd go with him, and we'd go down and watch a high school game, watch Bountiful play. We'd go down and watch Brighton play. So, I, yeah, it was a no-brainer. I just felt comfortable. Um, I knew Brock. I didn't really know Bean, but I knew of Bean. I knew, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, through the decision, I asked Sam a couple questions. He spoke very highly of all those guys, and so it was – yeah, it was, I was happy to come uh, back to Logan with these guys and 
you know, they've been great leaders and uh, it's been super fun. So Sam's a hell of a recruiter is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> he is. <laughs> Not a bad one at all. Um, and you get on, you get back on campus and, and uh, and and I, somebody had told me that they're like, you know, it seemed like the first thing he did was go up and get uh, uh, get a, a junior membership up at the country club. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty quick. Uh, you know, wanted to get uh, my golf game right too, so it was. <laughs> yeah, my dad came up with me, and uh, we came up on a Sunday. I think it was before I'd even yeah. lived up here, and we did it. And you know, I convinced some of my other teammates to do it as well, so it worked out great. So Brock was uh, Brock was puffing out his chest a little bit after Top Golf. <laughs> he uh, did win. He, he was the champion in one game. So, uh, but but you know it's a little different. Top Golf's a little bit different than getting out on the uh, course. Yeah. I'm sure sure you got him out there, right? Yeah, I've, I actually have never played with Brock because uh, he didn't play last summer because of his back. But oh, okay, I, I take my chances. Yeah, yeah. All right. So when this team starts to come together, did you feel the chemistry pretty quickly with these guys? Yeah, I mean it was. Obviously, it took a little time, you know, on the court. But, like, off the court, the chemistry was there right away. I mean, everybody's such a great guy. Uh, they're all – yeah, it's just we all like each other. We all have fun with each other. And w when you have fun with each other uh, off the court, then on the court, it becomes easier. And, you know, we just mesh super well. And and that's because Brock and Bean are great leaders and they're great people. And, you know, our coaching staff are all great guys. And so when you have a big group of a lot of great people, it's easy to mesh. Where did you learn the ability, um, or maybe you're born with it, uh, your ability to find open guys in the post? Uh, there was a, and I can't even remember who it was, you slipped a pass to. Uh, you ended up with 11 assists. But uh, uh, some of your passes are really, really impressive to watch. Uh, is that just hours and hours in the gym? Where did that come from? I mean, I think it was just a lot of feel. Just, you know, I've watched basketball my whole life, and yeah. I've seen, and my dad was always, you know, telling me to make the right play and look for the open guy. and. Yeah, I mean, I work on my passing and I watch film and see where I can find the opening. But a lot of it is just feel. And, you know, I just feel like, oh, maybe it's going to be open and I just thread the needle or something. But, yeah, just a lot of film and then just a lot of feel too. Who would you grow up idolizing? Oh, I mean, my biggest idol was Spencer Butterfield, obviously, I mean, growing up here in Utah State. But basketball, like in the NBA, um, Steph Curry. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's my idol. What was what was it about Spencer's game that you really enjoyed, or Spencer as a I player? Just, I just loved the way he played and how hard he played and his work ethic. Um, and he was kind enough to always let me like rebound for him or shoot with him. And so I formed a great bond with him. And you know he texts me after every game here. And you know I just have a lot of respect for him because how hard he worked and the player he made himself. Yeah. And you know that's though he was my idol growing up. Is he still overseas playing, or where's? No, he's he's in Logan. He's a farmer right now. Oh, he's a farmer. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Because he he played over in Europe for a bit, didn't he? For a long time. Yeah. yeah. I think this is uh, he he had a surgery on his he hurt something last year and it kind of allowed him didn't allow him to go back this year. But I think he would have gone back if he could have. Yeah. But now he's yeah he's got a farm and has two kids and he's just living the farm life. So uh, coach just mentioned in uh, we I had asked him a little bit about recruiting and he mentioned uh, Mason Falslove. How much fun is it going to be to get you guys back on the court together? I'm super excited. Uh, you know, he was my best friend growing up. We've been on the same team since we were in second grade. Uh, we were on the Little Aggies as our team name. And uh, I was really excited when he committed to Utah a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, let me get to be teammates again. And then I was even more excited when he decided to come back to Utah State. So I'm super excited to see him when he gets back. For Aggie fans that aren't aware of his game or didn't watch him when he played high school locally, 
Tell them what, what are they getting out of that player? Just a tough, athletic, hard-nosed kid who will do anything to win. Um, growing up, he was always, you know, he always had two knee pads on, and he was always crying or bleeding or something <laughs> just because he was the hardest player, yeah. and he always played up, uh, you know, up two or three years with us, and he was just tough. He was a battler, and then obviously football. He's a tough football player. He's a great football player. So, you know, that brings another side of toughness that, you know, is needed for a team. So Coach Becker uh, told a story about you getting Snicker bars uh, <laughs> whenever you drew a uh, charge growing up. Yeah. And so now it's been kind of a running gag on the broadcast. You get to draw a charge, which you usually get about two or three a game. Yeah. Um, that that's a Snickers bar. Um, so with that said, that doesn't look like a lot of fun, man. Like you, you feel some of those guys are coming in there like a like a freight train. Uh, it takes a lot of guts to sit in there and know you're going to get hit, knowing you're going to be landing on your backside pretty hard. What's going through your mind during that? Um, yeah, I mean, some charges have hurt really bad and you know, not felt great after. But a lot of the time when I take take one in the team, take one in the chest, the adrenaline of getting the ball and going the other way, like, yeah. it just kind of takes it away. Like, I don't even think about it. Like, it's just something that comes naturally. Um, and so, yeah, there's a couple here and there that, you know, get me in the rib that, you know, that I broke a couple years ago that, don't, doesn't feel very good, but a lot of them I don't even feel them and just hop up and yeah. let's go play offense. Um, and then also too, you, I mean, we talked about Mason's toughness. Uh, was that uh, was that something? Because a lot of people remember your dad playing for Coach Majerus, and if you play for him, you got to be tough. Yeah. Um, and uh, and he was a tough, hard nosed player. Is that part of your DNA, and that's part of uh, who you are? You you got from him? Yeah. I mean, he wasn't going to let me be soft. I mean, I don't think it was an option growing up. Yeah. And that was kind of our option for our team, you know, growing up when we had our team. And, uh, yeah, he just kind of instilled it to be tough in us and all of us. And uh, I thank him for it. And, yeah, just being tough can get you a lot of weight, can get you a lot of places. Where, uh, what were some of your favorite Spectrum memories growing up? Um, probably the one year when we beat BYU with Jimmer. I think Jimmer was a junior. Uh, that was a great night. Um Maybe the one – I don't remember of the same game, but Stevon Williams made, like, back-to-back threes. Against and Nevada. Br- Nevada. And yeah. Brady, Jardine, Brady Jardine had a huge block. I think that was probably the coolest uh, moment growing up. My dad still talks about it today. This is the loudest gym he's ever been in at that moment when Stevon made back-to-back threes, I think, and Brady blocked him. Yeah, those are those are two pretty good moments. Um, it was a game we lost, but Spencer Butterfield made a three to – tie it against San Diego State from right in front of Stu. It kind of bounced on the front rim and went in. That was, yep. that was I think it's the Aztecs' first game in the spectrum, too. It, it probably yeah. was because that was the, that was the uh, game that they were trying to figure out who did I believe that we will win first, and yeah. so everybody was there like an hour before the game making sure that it was the best I believe that we will win chant ever. So those are three great memories. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you, 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 you you bleed Aggie blue, man, uh, and I know you spent some time at the University of Utah, but but uh, to get you back here and, and wear that Aggie uniform, and I asked you, I know it was after a tough loss against UC Davis, but to walk out onto that floor wearing that Aggie uniform, I know meant a lot to you personally. Yeah, it did. It was gave me the chills. I still think about it. Like, grew up dreaming to do that, and I was lucky enough to do it. All right, so uh, put your coach's hat on. What do you see against Weber State, and what do you need to do against this team? They're a very good team. Obviously, they're nine and one. Some great wins. They got a lot of good players. Uh, it's going to be a big night out for us on the defensive end. We got to keep them in front of us. Get back. They play really fast. And they got a lot of guys that can do a lot of things. They're very talented on offense. And then we got to get stops. And then when we can get stops, we got to execute our offense and transition in in the half court. 
So it's just going to be a big night of execution. We need to execute better than we did against uh, St. Mary's and BYU and execute how we did against New Orleans, and it'll be a fun game. They're averaging 20 free throw attempts a game, which is an obscene number. Um, what do you do defensively to make sure that you're where you need to be and not sending a team to the free throw line? Just be focused all the time in a stance um, and just keep play with your hands out and not give the ref a chance to uh, bail them out and give them two free throws with the reach in or your hands coming down. So got to keep them in front, chest in front is one of our sayings, so that's what we got to do. Uh, one thing, and you don't have to you don't have to share conversations like what's actually said, but I'll see you guys over at the free throw line, and then I'll see you and uh, it was and I forget the guy's name, but uh, I think the point guard, the really good point guard from St. Mary's, and you're in midcourt, and you guys are just talking. Are you just talking ball, or is it smack, or is it just friendly conversation? Like, what what are some of those conversations like? Yeah, that one that one was talking about how I used to watch Kusi when I was in high school. Just, okay, just because he's been there for six years, and it was just kind of funny. Like I was like, hey, I used to watch you play all the time and now I get to play against you. It's pretty cool. And, you know, he was very cool. And, uh, yeah, it was, I think that was what that conversation was about. It was a little bit of an old man jab, though, too. Like, hey, man, yeah. <laughs> you, you've been here a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, man, we appreciate it. Thanks for stopping by. Tell your uh, tell your family hi for me and uh, look forward to doing more, having more of these conversations down the line. Thank you. There you go. Ryland Jones, everybody, as Utah State gets set for a showdown against Weber State and then Iowa coming up later in the week. Coming up, final segment with Coach. We'll wrap things up. You're listening to the Aggie uh, Coaches Show live here at Old Chicago from Learfield. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Aggie Coaches Show with Coach Ryan Odom. Uh, Coach, uh, I know there's a lot of people that have been asking you about this, uh, but uh, there was a, uh, a scary moment with Sean Bearstow. Um, uh, some blood on the court, and uh, by the way, cleaned up nicely by Mr. Clean himself. <laughs> uh, but uh, I know you got to be careful about what you say, but uh, any kind of update on him at all? Yeah, but we dodged a bullet there for sure um, with Sean's injury and, and – uh, you know, he ended up with uh, eight stitches, you know, in his in his uh, finger there. So, got to wait for the stitches to heal. There's no fracture in it or anything. Wow. So, that's a huge thing for, for him, obviously. I mean, it, we all felt for him in that moment because he's been through so much since he first got here. I and mean, he's had a ton of injuries, you know, during his time. And obviously started out the season, was playing really, really well. Gets hurt, you know, with his wrist in the, in the blue-white game or just one of our Saturday scrimmages. And, uh, you know, was had to sit out, you know, for the beginning of our season. He was just getting back and obviously, you know, was playing really well. It was easy for, for all of us to kind of see that his impact, um, you know, within our team was going to be pretty strong. So uh, we'll see what happens with this week. But um, definitely uh, excited for him, you know, because injuries are a part of the game. It just is what it is. And guys get sick from time to time, and there's illnesses out there, and then there's injuries, and you just hope that it's not something that's going to be season-ending. Yeah. And uh, this certainly was not, obviously, and, and, and so we're thankful for that. Well, that's, it, it, that's incredible news. And I think what we've seen is 
your ability to kind of mix and match with him because all it seems like every every guy can handle the ball yeah. uh, on that team, and uh, your ability to go big. Uh, to go small, I mean, you've got a lot of fun things you can play around with as far as rotations go, especially with Barristow healthy. Yeah, no question. I mean, he can kind of play one to four really there for us, and even, you know, you could put he and Bean back there together, and I know that's a little bit smaller up front, but it's a fast lineup yeah. you know, that you could play. So, you know, he he's an important piece to our team, and, and we want to make sure that, that, you know, we give him a proper time to heal. And, um, you know, thankfully uh, – you know, we, you know, we all trust the what the doctor will tell. Dr. Pickett does a great job. I mean, he was on it right away. I mean, he yeah. was stitched before we got out of the locker room. And uh, he was off to get the x-ray and everything. And so that was that was huge. We have, a, we have an amazing medical staff. Obviously, Leah is with us on a daily basis and does such a great job and cares for our guys, you know, in a really, really uh, positive way. You want to know who really runs the show for the basketball team? It's Leah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Leah and Kelsey get it done, right? Yeah, there's no <laughs> those doubt. Two. There's no <laughs> doubt. Uh, those eyes are dotted, T's and crossed for sure. Yeah. Well, Coach, good luck. Uh, big one coming up on Wednesday against Weber State and then uh, up against Iowa, and we'll do it again here soon. Yeah, no question. I want to wish the, our football team, obviously, a, a, a bunch of luck, you know, this week. This is an exciting time for them heading out, you know, to L.A. and the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. And, yep. And uh, really excited for Coach Anderson and his players and the seniors there. Uh, I just saw they carried them off the, the field for practice today. So they, they've been carrying the team all year, and they carried them off the, off the, off the practice field, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. Uh, scene. So obviously I uh, want to wish Kayla well uh, as well. They have a game this weekend, and uh, excited for her team. Well, Coach, appreciate it. Thank you so much. All righty. We'll care. do it again uh, as Utah State with big games coming up this week, uh, Wednesday and then on Saturday against Iowa. Back with you next. This is uh, the Aggie Coaches Show from Learfield.